O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, my pal from St. Agnes down there in Rockville Center, Frank Alasia. Frank, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is good. And the topic for today's conversation is our house of worship. And by this, we mean the physical structure and the elements within our Catholic Church. So first, let's remind ourselves that the reason for the great number of large, beautiful cathedrals and churches from the Middle Ages right through the Renaissance and beyond was to give honor and praise to God. I mean, back when, right, it was the best and really only way for a community to use its creative spiritual and physical energy to express its love for God. So we're talking about the building now, and you and I love going to church. Let's talk about the church itself, Frank. Where do you want to start? Well, I think the first thing we should look at is um, when we just, when we walk up the steps of a church, that is a reminder that when we enter church, we're to leave the cares of the world below. Right. And it honors the tradition of going up or ascending to the temple the Psalms of the Ascent were sung by Jewish pilgrims as they traveled up to Jerusalem Jerusalem for the great feast. Right. It's a tradition. I rejoiced when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. There the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as it was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Let us enter his dwelling. Let us worship at his footstool. These are the beautiful Psalms of Ascent that are part of our tradition. Yeah, now we enter the vestibule of the church where we recollect ourselves before entering the main church. We'll see the holy water font usually there as we enter and we dip our finger in the font as an outward sign of the clean heart we wish to present to God. The action of blessing ourselves professes that we believe that Jesus died on a cross for our sins. We are also professing our own sinfulness and our need for forgiveness so that we may be worthy to enter into his presence. I mean, it's such a small thing, but but so dear to so many people. It's a reminder of our own baptism when we were baptized with water and signed with the cross. Now, COVID eliminated the holy water from the fonts. But if you ask your pastor these years later now, he may very well replace it if he hasn't already. Yeah. I mean, now, now we, we look at the pews. Right. And they had to remind us that we are to worship God, not only in our mind, but in our bodies as well. We sit, we kneel, and we stand during Mass. You know, the pious gestures and postures, they truly influence the disposition of our souls, especially at church. They lead our souls to God and away from self. Right. And we got to remember, when we get to the pew, before we sit down, we would genuflect. And this may have come out of the Middle Ages when people would bow down before the king or any person of high rank. And since we're here to worship our Lord, it's a sign of reverence to bow or kneel down on one knee before we sit down. And, and by the way, Frank, let me just add this. I mean, when you're in your pew, and this is from a deacon talking uh, from the front of the, uh, the celebration, pick up the hymnal or the missalette in the pew and remind yourself to sing. You know, music is an essential part of the mass celebration. And even if you don't feel like it some mornings, when you participate in song, it can lift your heart to God. 
Yeah, so true. I mean, music does add beauty and dignity to our worship, and the organ is there for that purpose. Now, that's the only instrument that is really supposed to be heard, unless the bishop gives special permission for other instruments to be played. Right. Now, as we look at the walls on the sides right. of the church, we'll notice the stations of the cross. Okay, and they are 14 in number, and each station portrays an event in the passion of our Lord. When we say the station of the cross, we move from station to station and go through the whole passion. The pictures are a great reminder of what it cost Jesus so that we could be saved. And it is one of the truly great devotions that you should really look to add to your to your spiritual life. Totally. And it, it, it's, 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 it's a unique to the Catholic Church. Now, what about those confessionals along the side, Frank? Right. You'll usually see those off to the side underneath the stations. Right. And and this is where we receive God's mercy. OK, the priest has received the power from Christ and his church to forgive sins and like a good doctor to give us spiritual medicine to heal us from our from our spiritual sickness. Now, Saturday afternoons is usually the time um, when when confessions are, are heard. Uh, in, in, in my church in St. Agnes, at least that's the time. We also have them after 6.30 Mass in the morning, which is a great addition. But if you really need to get to confession, I've never been turned down by a priest uh, that I've maybe grabbed after Mass to go to confession. Yeah, yeah. It's always posted in the bulletin. But many confessionals are now set up to accommodate both the face-to-face -face confessions that people are more comfortable with now and the traditional mode of behind a screen. Yeah, whatever makes you comfortable, I think. The most important thing, though, is getting there. Now, now what about those we, we haven't talked about, yeah, the windows. You haven't talked about the statues and the beautiful stained glass windows. And I think that I, I really, really loved uh, loved the stained glass windows in all the different churches. Because they're, they're all different, but they're beautiful. And you think about it, in our homes, we have pictures of family members that, that have passed away that we love and we admire these relatives. Christ's friends were the saints. And since they were people just like us, you know, we we should look up to them and try to imitate them as best we can. And rem remember, we don't worship statues. We don't worship saints. We revere them. Oh, and the windows, they bring such beauty to the Catholic Church. If you bring a friend to the church, even for just a visit, and especially in the afternoon when the sun is running in, you don't have to say anything. I mean, the beauty and wonder of the stained glass windows and the statuary speaks for itself. And as you say, yeah. Frank, the images are of our ancestors and family members who we often pray to for help. Yeah, exactly. And finally, around these statues, um, you'll see candles. Uh, some some churches don't have candles anymore because of, you know, the fire hazard. But but there is the, the candles very important. The, 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 it's, it's, it's got beautiful symbolism behind it. You know, the wax is a symbol of the casted body of Christ and the wick represents his soul and the flame, the brightness of the divinity, bringing these two together. This symbolism is most ancient as it has its foundation in the words of Jesus himself. I am the light of the world. And speaking of light, now it's time to locate the sanctuary lamp. It's up near the tabernacle, usually a red glass container and it's kept burning night and day as a reminder of the sacramental presence of Jesus Christ in the tabernacle. That's why even when we make a visit or when we're in church for a rehearsal or some other event, we maintain a quiet reverence 
because we believe that God is really present in the church. And now we turn our attention to hear the gospel. Yeah, and Holy Mother Church has never failed to preach the gospel. It is in this preaching that Christ commended her to bring the message of salvation to the world. The pulpit is more of a Protestant word, but AMBO is not a platform from which, you know, uh, politics or, or secular teaching are imparted. Right. Rather, from it, proclaim the word of Christ crucified and risen from the dead. And we should... We should listen carefully to the readings as best we can, because it's Christ directly speaking to us. So don't miss out on that opportunity. I know we all wander, but try to focus on that and realize that is God himself speaking to us. Amen. And, you know, one thing we didn't mention, and I learned this over the years, that most of these churches, these beautiful churches we've come to love and know, uh, are, are, are constructed in the form of a cross. If you go, if you hit Google Earth and look down at well, Chartres, uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral, how about St. Agnes Cathedral in Rockwell Center, your church? They're all constructed in the form. You don't, we don't see it because we're not taking a helicopter over the church before we go to mass. But it's wise to remember that these are all of this is to honor God and honor Christ. And sp part of spreading the good news of Jesus is showing the internal and external expressions of our faith. So when you come to church. Notice all the beauty around you and praise God. Yeah, I think I know you wanted to mention, you know, kind of the most, you know, a focused thing on, in, in the church, and that's the altar. So tell us a little exactly. something about that. Right. Uh, the altar, which the priest and celebrants kiss when they arrive as yet another sign of reverence for the place of consecration. Altars must be consecrated by a bishop at all times and traditionally are made of stone or contain a natural stone with relics in a cavity within the altar. So they're not just random tables. No. And before Vatican II, the Mass was celebrated, you remember, ad orientum, to the east, where the priests and the people faced the altar together. Now the Mass is offered versus populum toward the people, so the priest faces the people across the Lord's table. But whatever it is, we're there to worship God and receive Jesus in the bread. So I think this is a good topic, Frank. I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah, I think it's important to, you know, to realize that the church doesn't do anything haphazardly, including the structure and what's inside our church. There's meaning to everything. And I think maybe this will give, uh, give everybody a little bit of an idea about what that's about. Beautiful, man. Folks, don't forget to like us or follow us and send us an email at anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. That's anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. Frank, I'll see you in church. I love you a lot. And I'll see you next time, okay? God bless. Thanks, Deacon.